Not long ago, I had what I would describe as a Rip Van Winkle type of experience. It was as if I had awoken from a slumber and realized for the very first time that a fixture from my childhood had completely disappeared while I was fast asleep. I'm talking about all those notices that you used to see tacked up on telephone poles. Back in my day, if you came upon a telephone pole that was within, I don't know, 10 or 20 feet of any thoroughfare, it would be littered with the staples that had been used to post up all those notices. There would be notices for concerts. This weekend only, the archetypes play the music farm, cover charge, $10. There'd be notices for shows. Tuesday nights are Improv comedy night at the Black Box Theater, tickets $5. But the most common sign that you'd find there posted on the telephone pole were those signs that read across the top, lost, reward if found. Now some of those reward if found posters were looking for, I don't know, things like wallets or watches, but more often than not, when you saw a poster that said, lost, reward if found, below that heading there would be a, a poorly photocopied photograph of some sort of animal whose species you'd be hard pressed to make out from that photograph were it not for the description underneath. Please help us find Fluffy. A medium-sized, mixed-breed dog, brown with black spots, also answers to the name killer. <laughs> Reward if found. Friends, what reward did you come here seeking tonight? Now, that might seem like a funny question to ask. Reward? I came here tonight for the Ash Wednesday service. I didn't come here to collect any sort of reward. But isn't that what's on our Lord's mind this evening? Isn't that what he's drawing our attention to, a reward? Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. In just this one chapter, Jesus uses that word reward seven times. And he repeats this one phrase three times. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, you might not have come here tonight looking for some sort of reward, but... Since it's on our Lord's mind, wouldn't you like to know what it is? Reward if found. Well, before we can look at what this reward is, we need to be clear about what it is not. When our children were in grade school, they swam for the local summer swim league. The league was coached by a husband and wife team who were just delightful. These are the sorts of persons who, you know, as a parent, you, you, you kind of keep your eye out for, for, for these sorts of persons that you just want to put your kids in front of because you're hoping that these people will wear off on your children. And that's what this husband and wife team was like. They were wonderful, delightful. And so we were ecstatic to have our children part of this team. Well, at the end of the season, the coaches hosted an awards banquet. 
And, and if you know anything about the Odell family, you know that we are basically sports nincompoops. I mean, we, we, don't, we don't excel, we, we don't have a, a competitive bone in our bodies. Um, so, I, you know, we went to the awards banquet. We were there to celebrate the, the wins of the season, but I didn't expect my children to get any sort of award. But to my surprise, my son did actually get an award. He got the award for the most improved over the season. And when they called him forward, I was so proud. I just felt like the buttons were going to burst on my shirt. I was so excited. Well, fast forward a couple of years. I began to notice that when I would go into his room, that little awards plaque that he had gotten on that night, it, it would disappear from his dresser. And I would go rifling through his things, opening his drawers that were full of all sorts of junk, feeling pretty annoyed about it, quite frankly. And I'd find that award, and I'd plunk it back up on top of his dresser, and I'd say, son, why did you put that reward? Why, why are you hiding your, your award that you got there? And he, he'd say, well, Dad, you know, I got that when I was a little kid. It's kind of kidsy. I'm a big kid now. And this went on for some time. I'd pull out the award. A few days later, he'd hide it. I'd pull out the award. A few days later, he'd hide it. But finally, it dawned on me. My son's reward for participating that summer was not that little plaque. My son's reward for participating that summer was his relationship with those coaches who encouraged him and built him up through the summer months. Now, that little plaque certainly was a reminder of that reward, but at the end of the day, it was just a plaque. It pointed to the reward, but the true reward of being on that swim team was his relationship with the coaches and his relationship with the other members of the team. That was the real reward. Here's my point. The reward that Jesus is talking about here in chapter 6 is not something apart from a relationship. Because as we're going to see in just a moment, these three spiritual practices that he mentions, prayer, almsgiving, and fasting, they go to the very heart of our relationship with God, of our relationship with and responsibility to those around us, and of our relationship and responsibility to ourselves. The reward is found within the relationship. So when Jesus speaks of this reward, it's not like he's saying, you know, if you give alms to the poor, if you commit yourself to prayer, if you fast from certain foods, well, then I'll reward you with a breakthrough in your business, or I'll put that love interest in your life, or I'll fix that problem you're dealing with. No, this is not the kind of reward he's talking about. This reward that he's talking about, again, is found within the relationship, not apart from it. So let's turn now to the text where our Lord speaks of this reward. He begins. Beware practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Now I need to address something that's a little bit confusing. Because if you were here just a couple of weeks ago, you heard from this very pulpit how our Lord Jesus said, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give praise to your Father who is in heaven. So it almost seems like Jesus is telling us in one place to do things in secret and he's telling us in another place to do them in plain view. But as the Reverend John Stott pointed out, our Lord is speaking against two different sins of the heart. In Matthew chapter 5, he was speaking to our cowardice. 
That is our reluctance to be out there about our faith in God. So he says, let your light shine as a child of God. Don't, don't hide it. But here in chapter 6, he's addressing our childish craving after the approval of others. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. So as a wise old Scottish professor put it, and I won't even attempt the accent, I would just butcher it. He said, we are to show when tempted to hide and hide when tempted to show. So friends, if the Holy Spirit reveals to you that you are tempted to show, to try and gain the approval of others, ask him for the gift and the grace to do these things in secret. And if the Holy Spirit reveals to you that you are tempted to hide and to keep your faith under a bushel, ask him for the gift of courage that you might let the light of your faith shine forth. Well, finally, now, what is the reward? Well, Jesus tells us that we will find it within these three religious practices that he expects us to undertake. Notice that he does not say, if, if you pray, if you fast, if you choose to give alms to the poor, but when. Verse 2, when you give to the needy. Verse 7, when you pray. Verse 16, when you fast. So what is the reward of prayer, almsgiving, and fasting? Well, let's begin with prayer. In order to receive the reward of prayer, you first need to understand what prayer is. Now, some of you might say, oh, come on, Andrew, everybody knows what prayer is, but just hear me out. Sometimes we can get into a kind of spiritual rut where we think of prayer only in terms of, of the things that we ask God for. God, could you please do this for me? God, could you please give me that? God, could you please help this person? What we would call prayers of petition. And if you're in that kind of mindset, that that's what prayer is, that prayer at its heart is about asking God for things, then, then you would reasonably assume that the re reward of prayer is getting what you ask for. But friends, while petition is certainly one aspect of prayer, it's not the true heart of prayer. The true heart of prayer is learning how to listen. The true heart of prayer is learning how to hear the still, small voice of Almighty God. The true heart of prayer is learning how to hear God speaking through His Word, through the Bible. The true heart of prayer is learning how to cultivate a desire within our hearts to spend time with God. That, that desire has got to be cultivated. So since the heart of prayer is learning how to listen for God's voice, then friends, the primary reward of prayer is God speaking into your life. Reminding you that you are a son or a daughter of God. Reminding you that he has a plan and a purpose for you. And yes, sometimes convicting you of where you've fallen short, of where you need to grow, of where you need to be healed. The reward of prayer is hearing the voice of God speak into your life. Prayer, reward if found. Almsgiving, 
When you give to the needy, Jesus said. Now, as with prayer, we need to be clear about what almsgiving is. And of the three, prayer, almsgiving, and fasting, a prayer, or almsgiving probably needs the most explaining. Why? Because almsgiving in our day is going to look a little bit, little bit different than it did in Jesus' day. Think about it. In Jesus' day, there would be a relationship. The needy would be there at your doorstep. The needy would be out along the ways you went about your day. You'd know their names. You'd know their stories. They'd be a fixture in your community. But in our day, we don't often rub shoulders with the needy. So there's no relationship. And without a relationship, and this is hard for us to understand, but it is so true, without a relationship, it's really hard to help people well. In fact, sometimes our misguided helping can actually make the problem worse. Now, this is a big topic. We don't have time to explore it in depth, so let me just offer you this. For most of us, the best answer to our Lord's call to give to the needy is to find a Christian ministry that we can trust and to support that ministry with regular, ongoing financial support, prayer support, and attention. And when I say attention, I mean when they send you that newsletter in the mail, you need to read it. Find a Christian ministry, whether it's Water Mission or Low Country Pregnancy Center or Star Gospel Mission or Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Find a Christian ministry that's relieving the physical and spiritual needs of those around us and support it on a regular basis. That's what almsgiving is going to look like for most of us. Now, what reward will you receive? Friends, when you give to the needy, you will receive the reward of participating in the very heart of God. Over and over again, God tells us in his word that his heart's desire is that we, his people, would attend to the needs of others, to their physical needs and their spiritual needs. So when you give alms to the poor, friends, you are ministering to God. Let me just repeat that. When you give alms to the needy, you are ministering to God. And when you read those newsletters that they send you every month, and you read the accounts of how people's spiritual and physical needs are being met by the ministry that you have supported, what's going to happen is that the Father is going to take some of his joy, and he's going to put it in your heart. That's the reward of almsgiving, participating in the very heart of God. Almsgiving, reward if found. And finally, fasting. Prayer draws us into relationship with God. Almsgiving draws us out in relationship to those around us. Fasting enables us to address a need that's within Friends, as Christians, we, we, have a, we have a duty to ourselves. We have a responsibility to ourselves. We have a, a responsibility to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Now, it's the Holy Spirit that brings about all spiritual growth, but, but we're, supposed to, we're, we're supposed to, again, we're supposed to cooperate with him as he's doing that. 
And fasting is one of the ways that we cooperate with the Holy Spirit so that he can cultivate the spiritual fruit of self-control. Now, there are many different forms of fasting, but I, I just, I'll tell you this. I find it's helpful to, to fast from something which, which will put you in a position where you're going to need to ask the Lord for a little help along the way. Ask him to direct you what that might be. Maybe it's a fast from sweets. Maybe it's a fast from alcohol. But find something to set aside and ask the Holy Spirit to come in through your fasting and to do his best work in you. To cultivate within you the fruit of self-control. So what's the reward of fasting? It's the joy of growing in the spiritual fruit of self-control and watching as certain sins begin to loosen their grip on you. Fasting, reward if found. When you pray, your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you give to the needy, your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you fast, your Father who sees in secret will reward you. My friends, during this season of Lent, may God grant you the grace to claim that reward, which is the Father's delight to give you. The reward is there. Will you go and find it? Amen.